Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, family. We are so excited, as you can see. We are in a completely different uh, vibe and ambiance today. We are in the sanctuary. Uh, But you are here for Double Love Experience Dream Sunday. And we are so elated that you are here. Now, listen, you may not have known you were coming to DLE Dream Sunday today. You may have just (laughs) thought you were coming to church. But we are so excited because today is the day uh, that Pastor Andrew and I are going to uh, chronicle you through a little bit of what the journey has been to become the Double Love Experience Church. And so don't go anywhere because we still got a word for you. We still have a word from the Lord. Uh, But we want to talk about where we've been. I don't know if you know this, but we are right in the 18-month mark, right in the year-and-a-half mark of our existence as a church. And so we want to talk about what the first year-and-a-half has been. Even in the midst of the pandemic, God has allowed us to do some incredible things. And then here's where you come in. We want to talk about what the next year-and-a-half will be. Uh, Because it does not yet appear what we shall be. And we need your help. We need your hands. We need your prayers. We need your creativity. We need your thoughts. And so today, uh, in in conjunction with the sermon, uh, we're going to talk about DLE Dream Sunday. And I got a little Brooklyn hymn in my spirit that says, it was all a dream. I I used used to to read Word Up magazine. magazine. Salt and pepper and heavy D up in the limousine. Hanging pictures on my wall. Every Saturday, rap attack, Mr. Magic Molly 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 Atmosphere, who we believe we will be in this earth, and who God has already blessed us to be a portion of that already. So, like we do every Sunday, I want you to repeat after me, but this time I want you to really think about the words you are saying. Our mission, our mission, is to create, is to create a congregation, a congregation committed to, committed to the liberating, the liberating love power, love power ministry of Jesus the Christ, ministry of Jesus the Christ. We commit. We commit to advancing the love and justice of God. To advancing the love and justice of God. Through dynamic worship. Through dynamic worship. Popular education. Popular education. Community organizing. Community organizing. And radical discipleship. And radical discipleship. And let's recite our vision now together, family. We envision. We envision. Oh, here it is on the T-shirt. A Jesus movement. A Jesus movement. Committed to black lives. Committed to black lives. An equitable economy. An equitable economy. For all God's creation. For all God's creation. And a spirit-led mysticism. And a spirit-led mysticism. Which is simply the conviction that in God we live, we move, we breathe, and we have our very being. That prioritizes. That prioritizes. Personal and public health. Personal and public health. The prophet Micah's enduring words. The prophet Micah's enduring words. Function as our centering image. Function as our centering image. We are a radical assembly 
of believers. We are a radical assembly of believers. Striving to do justice. Striving to do justice. Love mercy. Love mercy. And walk humbly with our God. And walk humbly with our God. Amen. Amen. So y'all, why don't you go ahead and grab your Bibles with us. Um, we are going to take um, a scripture today to ground our time together uh, for our sermonic moment as we dream together and think about what we've been and journey towards who we will be. Won't you turn with us to the gospel according to Luke, the fourth chapter, verses 17 through verse 20. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version, and it reads as follows. Actually, let's start at verse 16. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. And he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He enrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And here's verse 21. Then he began to say to him, to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. God's word for God's people. Pray with us. Oh Lord, we come before you, God, thanking you for everything that you've brought us through. God, we thank you for the ways in which you have created this church to be who you've called us to be in the earth. Now, God, help us to dream bigger. Help us to dream without limits. Help us to dream in ways that honor the magnitude of your glory in the earth. God, we ask that today something we articulate will become later on. Because we dared enough to dream it, God, we ask that you might do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ask, think, or imagine. Be with us today, God, as we think, dream, and imagine together. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So family, uh, we want you to journey with us, um, first of all, because we recognize that some of you are new to Double Love Experience Church. Some of you have stumbled across us because of friends or loved ones. Uh, maybe you've gone to some of our flagship events, whether virtual or in person. But we want to tell you a little bit about the history of who we are. The most popular question we get is, why are we called the Double Love Experience Church? We are named after the double love commandment in scripture. The double love commandment shows up in three of the four gospels. It is also a part of the Deuteronomic text uh, called the Shema. And the double love commandment says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like unto it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. On these two hang all the law and the prophets. That's Matthew 22, verses 36 through 37. And the reason why we named our church, I want to tell y'all a funny story. 
Pastor Andrew, you'll remember this. Um, when we were sitting in the conference room, he's looking at me like, do I remember it? That's okay, you do. I promise you do. <laughs> but when we were sitting in the conference room of our first space in the Commons, downtown Brooklyn, uh, it was Pastor Andrew, myself, Luke, Ken, and Ashley. And we were sitting around a conference table trying to figure out what to name our church. And, and we were kicking around ideas, and the questions became, who do we want to be, how do we want to be known, right? What do we want people to associate with who we are? And we kept coming back to this scripture, right? And so the reason why we put experience on the end of double love is because it is our hope. We endeavor to be the kind of place that every time you experience us, you experience people trying to live out the double love commandment. You experience people uh, who love God with their hearts, yes, but also with our minds. And that is critical because how many of you have been put out of other churches because you used your mind in a way that the church wasn't happy with because you were Googling stuff while the pastor was preaching and you were like, oh, Reb, that ain't what the Bible said. Y'all could be honest in the, in the comments. Uh, but, but, but the truth be told, there are many of us who, who have brilliant minds and you would be surprised how many times church doesn't want us to use our minds as we read scripture. Why? Because it makes folks uncomfortable. It makes people uncomfortable when they don't have an answer for every question. And I'm here to tell you, if you've been a double love long enough, you know if y'all give us a question we don't know the answer for, we will never make up an answer. We will open up the text with you. We will open up commentaries with you. We will give you the insight that God has given us, but we will never make you feel like something is black or white that's not black or white right? Part of the journey of discipleship is the uncovering of what God reveals to us, right? The Bible says we see in part, uh, but we don't know everything, right? And so, and so that loving God with our minds, that means something. That means that, that you don't have to feel like you got to shut off your mind when you come into the virtual or physical sanctuary. And so we thought about what we wanted our church to be. We wanted it to be a place where folks love God with their hearts. We don't want nobody who don't really love God like that. We can't, I don't, I don't really know what to tell you if you don't love God like we love God. I mean, I, I pray for you, but I, we need folks for when you think about the goodness of Jesus, something happens on the inside of you. Look, the production team is going off right now. That's how we know we got the right folks. Because when you think about what God has done in your life, something in you ought to be stirred, right? So we wanted folks that love God for real, for real. We wanted folks that love God with their mind. We wanted folks who love God with their soul in their innermost parts, right? In the creative part of you, in the part of you that when you allow yourself to dream outside of the box, that part that speaks to you, your soul, the thing that makes you who you are, the thing that will live on when you go to glory, your soul, the thing that even if you're an identical twin, there's something different about you that your family and your significant other knows, even if you look genetically the same as your sibling because your soul animates who you are. And your soul ought to love Jesus. An old song says, oh, my soul loves Jesus. So we wanted people whose, whose hearts, whose minds, and whose souls love Jesus. But we also wanted folks who were not mean and ornery, amen, somebody. That's what love your neighbor as you love yourself means. Look, you ought to love the people around you like you love yourself. I know we get messed up sometimes because most of us don't know how to love ourselves. So that's why we ornery to other folks because we don't know how to love ourselves right. But the reality is when you really get down into the word and you understand how unconditionally God loves you, 
You can't help but unconditionally love yourself back and love your neighbor back and in turn love your neighborhood back, right? And so you got to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And the Bible says, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And I'm going to let Pastor Andrew speak to why that last clause gave us the clarity of mind to know that this was the adage and the mantra and the scripture that our, that our church needed to be named after. One of the powerful things about um, Matthew's version of the double love command is that this phrase um, on these two, uh, hang all the law and the prophets, gives us a principle for reading scripture and for applying it to our lives. Uh, the truth of the matter is that uh, there are multiple um, entry points from which one can read Scripture uh, and seek to uh, synthesize its content. Some folks read the entirety of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation uh, through Paul. Some folks read the entirety of the Scriptures uh, through a certain reading uh, of the Pentateuch, the first five books of Scripture. Uh, but here at the Double Love Experience Church, Pastor Gavin, I think that uh, it makes the most uh, theological sense, it makes the most devotional sense to approach Scripture uh, the way that Jesus interprets Scripture. Uh, and Jesus' way of reading um, and construing the biblical tradition is to say that uh, the love of God, uh, the love of neighbor are the, uh, we might think of them as the two golden threads that shape how we read the Psalms and the wisdom writings and uh, the, the Pentateuch, how we read the Pauline uh, letters, how we read the apocalyptic literature of, of, of the New Testament and Revelation. Uh, and I don't know about you, but I'm grateful because uh, every now and then you come across um, uh, some parables, some teachings, some uh, precepts in Scripture, which aren't always the easiest to decipher, uh, which aren't always um, readily uh, uh, comprehended uh, and then integrate it into how you pray, how you set your goals for the week, how you attend to fitness, how you care for loved ones, how you uh, receive care from those who uh, are entrusted to being uh, a presence uh, close in your life. And so I'm, I'm grateful that uh, Christ supplies a easy to understand uh, but difficult to uh, apply principle. Uh, and the Holy Spirit gives us uh, what we need in order to love uh, consistently and to love uh, compassionately. Uh, one of the powerful things as we think about uh, who we are as a church and how we've been journeying uh, from uh, this 18-month uh, period that Pastor Gabby mentioned up until right now uh, is to consider um, Luke's gospel where we also find a vision of the double love command. Uh, and Luke explains uh, the double love command uh, by tacking on this question at the end, who is my neighbor, mm -hmm. right? And then Luke begins to tell the story of uh, the Good Samaritan and talks about how uh, folks in religious context uh, aren't always uh, the most, uh, how shall we say, loving in society as mm -hmm. they talk about in the sanctuary. Uh, come on, just type hypocrisy if, you, if you've seen it. Uh, uh, folk have one face on, uh, lifting up holy hands, uh, and then want to throw hands without just cause as bye soon bye. as the, the, bye the bye church bye. service ends. Uh, and so when we think about what it means to have a faith that comprehensively attends to those who've been excluded, to those who've been denigrated in the Good Samaritan uh, account of the double love command in Luke's 
uh, gospel, it really bumps us back up to uh, where we find Jesus in the scripture that we just read in Luke chapter 4. Uh, and the, the, the mission statement, the dream we might even say of Jesus, uh, amounts to um, the spirit of the Lord being upon Christ to uh, preach good news to the poor, mm -hmm. to bind up the brokenhearted, yep. to set the oppressed free, uh, and to announce uh, the year of the Lord's favor. Uh, and a part of how this scripture provides a nice little frame is Jesus kind of uh, brings the past forward. That's why we're talking about the last 18 months, because Jesus looks to the past and appealing to Isaiah's uh, 61st uh, chapter. Uh, and then Jesus also moves forward into the future by saying this scripture, uh, the past, right, bringing forth Isaiah 61, is fulfilled today in your hearing. Uh, is what we read in Luke chapter 4. So we want to use Luke chapter 4 as something of a, as, of a prism mm -hmm. for taking stock of where we've come from uh, since November uh, 2019. Mm. Uh, we want to talk about the path ahead uh, from here, uh, June 6th, on up into November 2022. Yeah, yeah. So what we're giving y'all today is a three-year glance, right? We're right in the middle of our first three years. And so, um, and we look back at our scripture and, you know, it's funny, in true, in true kind of millennial state, we got a physical Bible and a Bible on my iPhone, but they both work, amen. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna to go back to the text um, with my phone. But I, I want us to go back, go back with me on whatever device you have to the scripture we started off with today, Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Um, if you're waiting for the sermon, this is it. And so the sermon and the vision and the dream are all together today, today. So we want to want you to stay with us. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Good news to the poor, the translations say. Has set me to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And what Pastor Andrew just shared with you is that when Jesus utters these words at the beginning of his ministry, these are not new words to Christ. Mm -hmm. The Bible says that they handed him the scroll and he read from Isaiah, right? He, he, he indicated something that the people had heard before, right? So part of why we bring that up as our grounding scripture for Dream Sunday is that every time we dream for this church, it's always going to be rooted in why we started, right? The dreams may be bigger than where we are right now, but they'll always be connected to our why, right? Everything that Jesus does in his ministry is connected to, you might even say, this mission statement, this vision statement that he proclaims out loud for the people to hear, right? So, so y'all know our mantra, we are a Jesus movement for black lives. And so if anybody ever tries to tell you that, that all this justice work is not for Christians to do, you need look no further than Luke chapter 4, verse 18. That's it. Because at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, when folks were trying to figure out who Mary's baby and Joseph's son was, when people were trying to figure out who this man was from Nazareth, when they were trying to contextualize, are you the Messiah? Are you the one that they said would come? When Jesus comes in front of them to announce who he is and what he's about, he's talking justice. 
He's talking liberation. Mm -hmm. He's talking broken chains. He's talking no more captives. He's talking no more prisoners. He's talking no more oppression. He's talking liberation. He's talking the words of justice. And so we are a Jesus movement for black lives because black lives are oppressed in America. And Jesus said, I came to set the captives free. So, so, so if you understand nothing else about double love, you got to understand that it's a love and justice church. It, 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 the two go hand in hand. If you understand nothing else about double love, you have to understand that justice is an act of worship in this church. That, that when we pursue justice, all we're doing is walking in the footsteps and the groundwork that Isaiah lays down, that Jesus picks up, rolls out the scroll, and announces to the people, this is why I'm here. This is why I am divinity wrapped up in humanity so that I might save the world. I'm here to liberate. I'm here to free. So any theology that doesn't do that ain't the theology of Jesus. And so every time we dream, y'all, we dream with this prism. Ah, I wish y'all could catch this. Every time we dream, as double love. We're dreaming, Lord, how can we help you in your mission to let the captives be set free? Lord, how can we as a body of believers journey alongside you to give sight to the blind, both those who cannot see literally, but for so many who cannot see physically? You all will remember last year we had our Seeing with God Eyes series that was in January of 2020, just before the pandemic, where we preached through the importance of looking at the world through God's eyes. Bringing sight to the blind is not solely for those who are vision impaired in the literal sense. But it is in the spiritual sense, being able to unclog our eyes so that we can see what's happening for real, for real in our society. So what we want to do today is we want to bring up a few of the things that we've done um, and tell you the whys behind them. And then we want to cast some dreams before you. Because these dreams are dreams that God has given us that we can't accomplish on our own. Now, everybody who's watching right now, you may not all identify as members, but I know you feel connected to Double Love. And today may be the day that you go ahead and decide to sign on the dotted line because we need you, right? We need you. We can't do this work without you. What I love about Luke 4 is Jesus could have said this to himself. Think about it. Jesus could have had a, a conversation on, on one of the many hills that he went to to pray by himself with God, with God the Father. And he could have said, okay, Lord, I am here to do this work. But Jesus chooses to articulate this publicly. publicly. Jesus chooses to articulate this both with naysayers, but also with folks who were curious about who he was. And y'all... There's a whole lot of folks who are naysayers about the church, and they have their reasons. But there's also a whole lot of folks in the public who are curious about who we are. Yeah. And we give too much attention to the naysayers and not enough attention to the curious. 
because it's the curious. It's, it's the folks who are intrigued. It's the folks who, who may come into the foyer but won't come into the sanctuary. It's, it's the folks who may linger on a live stream for about five or so minutes before they dip out and do something else. It's the curious that will transform the church. It is the curious who will transform the way we do church as usual. It is the curious who will ask the questions we've stopped asking. It is the curious who will ask why we do what we do, how we do it. It is the curious who will say, that doesn't really seem like it makes a whole lot of sense to me. It is the curious who will catch the vision and transform the church. And the church has gotten so accustomed to belittling everybody who didn't sign on the dotted line that we have ignored the curious. And so, one of our dreams for the next 18 months is to be on the lookout for the curious. Brittany and Trelawney, I know y'all taking notes. This, this is a good point to put a point number one. First dream, uh, our fellows are in the comments making sure that y'all are following with us. Uh, the first dream is that we are, for the next 18 months, always on the lookout for the curious. I didn't say we always looking to convert because, you know, when you go to somebody trying to change everything they believe in a 30-second conversation, they don't trust you. I didn't, I didn't say we always on the lookout for conversion. I said for the next 18 months, one of the dreams, I want us to always be on the lookout for the curious. Yeah. Because people who are curious about God can turn into people who love God with their mind. People who are curious about God can, can turn into people who love God with their hearts and, and with their souls and their neighbors as themselves. Because people who are curious come with open hearts. Yeah. People who are curious come with a, a, a notepad that's half full and half empty. People who are curious come with information and data, but space for you to fill in the gaps. And, and so for the next year and a half, as we move in from being a, being a one-year-old church to we ultimately going to be a three-year-old church, I want us to be in search of the curious. That's dream number one. That's dream number one. Dream number two, uh, we talk about public education, popular education every week. I want us to think about the popular education we've already done. And I'm going to ask Pastor Andrew if you wouldn't mind walking us through uh, several of the books that we've, we've read and taught through and purchased for the members and, and how that connects to our vision of popular education. Absolutely. I, I hope that, that uh, the Lord is, is moving on your heart. As Pastor Gary was talking about, be on the lookout for the curious. My spirit leapt within me. We're going to find uh, and, the and curious. And I believe that uh, your spirit leapt with, within you because so often curiosity and wonder is, is demonized mm. in the church, uh, when in reality those are preconditions for devoting uh, our, uh, our analysis to God, for bringing the full weight of our investigative spirit unto the Lord. So we're grateful for curiosity, yeah. uh, not being something to diminish, not being something to scold, not being something to mislabel as doubt necessarily, mm -hmm. uh, but oftentimes curiosity is the fuel uh, for a more comprehensive yearning to know the mind of Christ. Yeah. Uh, so popular education is uh, particularly important to us, and some of what we have endeavored to do and, and are dreaming of doing more in these next 18 months is continuing to um, approach the Bible intertextually. And what I mean by approaching the Bible intertextually is having Scripture be 
the centerpiece that we use to understand what God is doing in our lives, what God is doing through us as a church, what God is doing through the culture, through the world, uh, but also uh, making sure uh, that our speech might be seasoned with salt, uh, as the scriptures say, that we're sitting uh, scripture alongside um, the great works of our tradition, like James Baldwin's The Fire Next Time is, is a text that we read during our first uh, 18 months. We also uh, took the time to read uh, scripture alongside um, Reverend Dr. Kelly Brown Douglas's uh, The Black Christ, where she lays out uh, a womanist understanding of Christ that calls us, much like this passage in Luke chapter uh, 4, to understand that Christ is standing against um, economic oppression, standing against uh, political oppression, standing against uh, heterosexist oppression, standing against, um, as I heard one uh, colleague in ministry put it, every instance of human hierarchy and seeking to replace it with human dignity. Uh, because that dignity is founded on who we are as folks, uh, made just a little lower than the angels, made in the, uh, the image and the likeness of God. Uh, popular education has also meant uh, deliberate partnerships with folks like uh, the Free Black Women's Library. We did a, a book drive where uh, this is pre-Panasonic, uh, uh, pre-pandemic, <laughs> right? Uh, you call it whatever you need to you cope. You know what? Funny enough, <laughs> it started off pre and ended up in the pandemic. That's Remember true. that? That's we, true. we started the the long, We started the book uh, drive at the top of March, and pandemic hit week three of March. That's right. And so we still finished it, but we had to mail it to her, whereas uh, Ola Runke was going to come to the space um, before the pandemic. So that was wild. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah um, my Lord. <laughs> uh, so, uh, my, my. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, indeed. So, so those are some e examples of some of, uh, we also read uh, Kiese Lehman's uh, Heavy uh, alongside scripture. We read... Um, Colored girls. Uh, for Colored Girls yeah. by Inta uh, Shake Sange's classic uh, for colored girls who considered uh, the rain, who considered suicide when the rainbow is enough. Mm -hmm. uh, the Lord brought it to my memory. Yeah. Won't the Lord do it? Yeah. Uh, and so these are instances of us wanting to make sure that, um, let me see if I can put it this way. A part of what it means to love God with all our mind uh, means that we're committed to thinking on whatsoever is pure, whatsoever is just, whatsoever is excellent, whatsoever is praiseworthy. And what that means for us as black Christians is that we're committed and diligent about reading scripture and reading the things that are beautiful and noble and excellent and uh, evoking of curiosity from black authors. Yep, yep. Uh, because when we are surveying what is culturally enriching, we don't necessarily have to look outside of the cultural production of our people in order to have our genius curated and yeah. our genius yeah. nourished. Yeah. And so yeah. being a Jesus movement for black lives means we're curating our intellectual lives, we're curating our spiritual lives, we're curating our emotional lives by being deliberate about that popular education aspect uh, of our dream. Uh, and the truth be told, if we read more black literature alongside the scripture that points to a black Christ, bless the Lord, uh, it puts us further down the pathway of making sure that the gospel that we preach is good news to the poor yeah. and not uh, instead bad news to those who are carrying a yoke of oppression. Yeah. And if you're going to engage the curious, I mean, you've got to be aware of more than just the biblical text, right? 
You, you, you got to be able to understand how people have made decisions about what it means to be black in America. You, you got to be in conversation with folks, not only because you're trying to convert, right, but just because you're trying to build relationship, right? And, and when you build relationship in the right way, you allow people's experiences to inform our prayers and what we pray to God and our petitions to God, right? If we're honest, a lot of black Christians have blinders on about what's really happening in the world because in order to comfort ourselves to sleep at night, many black Christians have said, I can't watch the news, I can't, I can't read those books, I can't go to those public talks, I can't do that because if I do, I will feel uh, heavy laden and I won't be able to have my joy. So, so I just turn off my, my, my lens for that and I just think about Jesus and I love on Jesus. And, and that's wonderful, but there's something missing there. Because if you love Jesus like you say you do, and if you're an intercessor like you say you are, you got to know what the people are going through so that if nothing else, you can pray the right kind of prayers. It, when, when, you, when you go home and your grandparents and your mother and your father ask you how you are, they're asking you because when they pray, they want to pray the right thing. Right. And so if all that you can do is be more attuned to what's happening in the culture because you want to pray the right prayers, that's enough. Right. That's enough. But I, I bargain, I, I wager that the more that you bring yourself into the readings of our people and the conversations of the culture and Twitter chats and what's happening on your block and what's happening in your child's school and what's happening online. Like when you just kind of immerse yourself in the culture, there are things that are happening that are very similar to what you might be fighting for inside the church that you don't realize a similar war is going on out there, but they feel all alone. Kendrick Lamar has a song where he talks about, I feel like nobody's praying for me, right? Uh, Ye and Jay had a song before they broke up, No Church in the Wild. <laughs> back in the day, when you know, I feel old, because oh, I, I feel like I tell kids, y'all remember back in the day, when back in the day, when Jay-Z and Kanye oh, West were best brother friends? Brother Sean and old Ye. <laughs> So Teddy you know, bear, yeah. You know we owe. You know we owe. But but real talk, they had a song, No Church in the Wild, right? They're like, the church don't come out here. Church mm. don't come to the block. Church don't come to the hood. Church don't care about us. And so and so part of this popular education, yeah. um, putting it into the dreams, right? Our dream is that if y'all want to go on to higher education, cool. But we don't believe you should have to. We believe you should be able to get all the equipping that you need at your church. We believe that you should be able to come to church virtually or physically and be able to access books and uh, conversations and ways of reading scripture from your church. You shouldn't have to take on debt and you shouldn't have to be in some uppity seminary or divinity school, though we went to those, but you shouldn't have to do that in order to understand God better for yourself. Yeah. And so popular education matters to us because you should not have to do all of that to have the right kind of uh, uh, bibliography in your home that helps to lead you more towards liberation from the oppressed. 
So, so popular education matters. So here's dream number two. Y'all got dream number one. For the next 18 months, I want us always to be as Double Love on in search of the curious, which means even when you're not physically at Double Love, wherever you may be, in the bodega, on the block, wherever, at work, always be in search of the curious, inviting them into conversation, inviting them into relationship. But point number two, this one y'all may not like as much, but it's still a dream. We want 100% participation in Tuesday night Bible study. Let the church say amen. Amen. Because when y'all are there, we can't even keep up with the questions. When y'all are there, like, I can't type fast enough. I can't respond fast enough. When y'all forget about Tuesday nights, we be teaching to ourselves. We don't want to do that anymore. We, we, listen, it's dream, it's dream Sunday. Can, can you dream with me? We want you as much as you come on Sundays, and we love it. We want 100% participation on Tuesday nights. And here's the commitment. If you can't make it on Tuesdays at 7 because of life, we want you committing to watching the playback before Sunday comes. Because the work of decolonization of our spirituality and our minds, it can't all happen on Sunday. It, there is not enough time to deprogram all the white Jesus that you've been given since you were a baby. So, on Tuesdays, we commit to doing the work. We need y'all to commit to being there. So that's dream number two. Dream number two, 100% participation from double love in Bible study on Tuesday nights, whether it is live or whether it is in the playback. And even if you drop a comment in the playback, if we see the notification, we'll go back and answer your question. So, so even if you're not watching it on Tuesday, go ahead and drop your question. We'll see the notification and we'll, we'll respond. Um, but we want that. We want that because there's a lot of work to be done and to curate this popular education dimension of our church. Here's why it matters. If we can get 50 of y'all to decolonize your minds, do you know how many spaces and places the 50 of you occupy? Do you know how this work can be multiplied over and over again if you would just commit yourself to Sundays and Tuesdays? Do you know how many communities could be freed? How many conversations and group chats could be liberated? Do you know how much you can do if you come, right? So the dream is for you to be there, not just so we can check you off a list and say y'all came to Bible study, but so that as you're being transformed, our neighborhoods are being transformed. Our industries are being transformed. Our, our places of work and our places of, of, of embodiment are being transformed. Amen, somebody. All right. So dream number one, y'all got that. Be cute. We're looking for the curious. Dream number two, y'all got that. We want y'all in Bible study. Dream number three is a financial dream. I am so excited to share that in the past 18 months, you know, y'all know we have, we have always gotten what we needed by the grace of God to keep this church open. Let's pause and thank God that in the midst of a pandemic, God kept the church plant. God kept the church plant open. Okay. God kept us. God kept us. Let's have another shout. Y'all's giving increased in the pandemic. Come on, let's, let's give God praise for that. 
Let's give God praise for that. Y'all automated your giving in the pandemic. Y'all made sure that we had what we needed. There's not one Sunday where we did not have church. There's not one Tuesday where we could not have Bible study. There's not one week where our staff could not get paid. Y'all made sure that the needs of this church were met, and we're only a year and a half old. I thank God for you. And I, what I want to say is, what's been powerful is, because you all have been faithful in your giving, in just a year and a half of being open and alive, we have been able to give to four uh, very uh, core uh, uh, community organizations. And so y'all heard about it because you gave to it, but I want to give it to you in the form of this Vision Sunday so you can remember what we've done. Uh, we were able to give to the Minnesota bailout uh, fund the week of Pentecost last year, which was the week that George Floyd was killed. Uh, we were able to give to the, to the Minnesota bailout fund and the national bailout fund uh, to make sure that folks who were demonstrating for justice did not have to sleep in jail that night. Amen. That's the first thing that we did as a churchwide uh, a giving in terms of financial giving. Uh, we were able to partner with Covenant House New York City. Uh, it was our first holiday outreach drive uh, where we did an underwear drive where homeless youth uh, who did not have underwear uh, were able to have it because y'all physically brought underwear to the church, to the physical church, um, back in December of 2019. We were able to give a financial gift to a wellness collective curated uh, by a young woman who came to us in March 2021 uh, called Transparent in Black. We were able to sew physically, uh, uh, sew dollars into that ministry so that they can, uh, they're not a ministry, excuse me, into that wellness collective so that they can create their physical location. They have over 84,000 followers online, but they're ready to create a physical wellness collective in Brooklyn where they center black mental health for black folks. And the founder is under 30. We were able to give to that. And lastly, we were able to give, um, as we mentioned earlier, to the Free Black Women's uh, Library to make sure that they had what they needed. And because y'all gave early, even though we had to cut off the, the, the giving of the books because of the pandemic, we were still able to bless them with a large assortment of books. We were also able uh, to, to pour back into a local organization called All Access Golf, a black uh, company led by Kelly Pierre, who was one of our volunteers for Double Love, who we were then able to purchase uh, vouchers for our volunteers and pour back into uh, his company as they got back off the ground after uh, the pandemic. If we've been able to do that in the midst of a pandemic in our first year and a half, with mental health services, with services for homeless youth, with services for uh, protesters and individuals who are uh, demonstrating in the streets, uh, with, with uh, resources um, for all of these kinds of organizations. What more could we do now that we know what we're capable of? Mm. We did all of that when we were brand new. What more could we do? What ways could we impact our community? And so point number three, dream number three, is that we want a 100% tithing church. And we, y'all, we kind of, we not halfway there, but we close to halfway there. A whole lot of y'all tithe already. But, but it is in the ways in which you have given thus far that have allowed us not only to keep our literal lights on and to keep our space, because y'all know the story of finding space in New York ain't easy, and God kept us in this physical space in the midst of a pandemic, and anybody who deals with space in New York knows that's a blessing. But also, we've been able to, to bless other organizations, right? 
So we want y'all to tithe. A tithe is simply 10% of what God gives to you, right? It is an act of stewardship. It is an act of curating uh, your finances and your resources so much so that whatever comes into your household, you give 10% back to God, right? And here's what I want to say here. I'm going to make a quick pivot. Uh, I'm going to make a quick pivot because we are um, mindful of time. and We got a couple more things we want to give you before we close this. Um, but I want to make a quick pivot. In conjunction with talking about financial resources, I want to talk about membership. Okay. We are so excited. We have, we have individuals who give regularly to Double Love who are members at other churches. They give to their church, and they give to this church because they believe in the vision. Yeah. And so we finally have a name for all of y'all who are like DLE, ride or dies, even though y'all got another place where you serve and worship. And, and, and we love y'all so much. We've been, we've been brainstorming on this. We're like, what can we call these folks? So we got a new category of membership that we're, we're rolling it out today called Members in Love. Okay? I'm excited about it. All right. So, so you know when you get married, you get your in-laws. And if you really like your in-laws, you call them your mother-in-love, your father-in-love, your sister-in-love. Well, well, all of you who have a church home, we're not pulling you from your church. We, we, we thank God that you feel connected enough to us to, to show up in another capacity here. But we're going to call y'all our members in love, right? Those of you who have ties elsewhere, but you've been walking with double love since the beginning, where you worship with us, you pray with us, you give here, um, sometimes you serve with us, you've been faithful, you've, yeah. been, you've been mouthpieces for this church, you've been, you've been connected to us. We want you to know that we see you as family, yeah. that you ain't got to hide in the shadows, but you are now our members in love. We're going to add it to our membership form where you can click that and where we know that you are still in community with us. And what that means is we still know to pray for you, we still know to cover you. We still want to know if you have loss in your family, if you are in a time of bereavement, if you're in a time of celebration, we want to celebrate with you. If, if you get married and you, want, you, know, you need someone to officiate your ceremony, somebody to christen your child, look, we love you the same way we love somebody who says, I'm a member. You are members in love, right? And so we are excited about that. Uh, we're going to be rolling that out. So for all of you who've been kind of like, you know, you love Double Love, but you got a membership somewhere else, cool. You're a member in love here, and you're a member somewhere else. Um, but, we, but we're excited about that because community and covenant matter. Yeah. Yeah. Right? If we've learned, we've learned many things during this pandemic, but I believe one of the things that we learned the most was how important community is and how important covenant is. Making a very clear commitment to certain aspects of your life. I'm not a full-fledged member, but I'll be a member in love, right? I remember during the pandemic, we got direct messages from clothing companies checking on us, from restaurants checking on us. I mean, there was a moment at the top of the pandemic where people were so concerned about the well-being of others, yeah. right? And that is a beautiful thing where you realize I'm not alone. I've got a place where I can share when, when things get hard. I've got some people that'll pray for me. I've got some folks that'll celebrate with me when something good happens in my life, right? And so that covenant and that commitment, knowing there's somebody on the other end of the email you send, knowing there's somebody on the other end of the text message you send, not a, not a bot, but a person, right, um, is, what, is what we offer you. 
Um, and so in addition to our dream of, of having folks uh, uh, having 100% tithers, which is, which is dream number three, dream number four, we want to get to 100 members and members in love, right? 100 folks. And, and here's how we want to market. We have created a founding member pin, lapel pin. And I don't know, you want to share about this, Pastor Andrew, about the pin and kind of how we want to commemorate these first 100 folks? Yeah, so the, the founding member pin is our attempt to uh, really acknowledge and to celebrate all that God is doing in the life of this church. Uh, Pastor Gavin and I are grateful to uh, be shepherding this church. We recognize that this is a collective undertaking uh, and that we are building this church together. And so we want to, uh, to pin you to recognize, to, to celebrate, to, uh, to bless, and to commission uh, the work that we're doing together in order to build God's church. Uh, we're excited about uh, being a beacon of uh, God's love and God's justice in the world. And so by doing this uh, pinning ceremony, it gives us the opportunity uh, to make it official. Right, it gives us the opportunity to make sure that we are uh, covenanting together uh, and that we are being a community uh, that is public. Uh, it, it's, it's a powerful thing to be claimed in public, amen? Well, uh, because every now and then there's a tradition of having a connectedness that's not necessarily disclosed or put on display. Hey, uh, but we hey. want our connection to be put on display uh, so that our, our light won't be hid under a bushel, uh -huh. uh, to use the words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. So we can make it official. We can go public uh, together. Uh, an another dream that we want to, to share with you all is uh, the dream of making sure that uh, this church can continue to be uh, even more so than we've already endeavored to be, uh, a beacon for, uh, for economic justice. Uh, a part of the work that we uh, have done uh, by having a DLE uh, teach-in where we spent four hours, y'all, from, from 10 p.m. to uh, 2 a.m. Uh, this past January looking at the works of uh, Martin Luther King Jr. and Reverend Dr. Carrie Day. Uh, we then had a Black Imagination event the following month in February. Uh, then our fellows, uh, Brittany and Trelawney, uh, did a fantastic job doing uh, an organizing one-on-one -on -one training where we talked about power mapping and root cause analysis and making sure that we're building the kind of connections and relationships that help us to do this work in concert uh, with other organizations, with other uh, faith communities, with other entities uh, that are in our neighborhoods. Uh, and then this past uh, May, we just had a economic justice forum uh, to further lay that uh, foundation so that we can lift up a Jesus who is uh, committed to uh, preaching, embodying, and furthering uh, good news among the poor. Uh, the real, real, y'all, is that in order to embody this kind of emancipatory spirituality that Christ embodies and calls us to, uh, it takes something of an anti-capitalist arc in order to get there. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that we all have to share the same politics. It doesn't necessarily mean that we all vote the same way, but it does mean that when we look at uh, the system that we all inhabit together, mm -hmm. we have a shared uh, recognition that as currently constructed, it ain't working for black folks. Well. And so we're trying to move in a direction where we can repair and redress uh, what anti, uh, what capitalism has wrecked, 
in so many of our lives. Uh, and the most powerful way to do that work uh, is for us to do it together. And in doing so, we can live into uh, the power and the potential of this ministry uh, that Jesus calls us to in the fourth chapter of Luke's gospel. Absolutely. And so in the spirit of that economic justice dream, uh, we have this dream, uh, which is dream number five, uh, that every quarter we will do events um, with the show up team, which is led by Ken Miles, um, that center uh, justice in the form of economic justice, in the form of community engagement, in the form of community outreach. But we don't want to go a quarter without making sure that we do some sort of intentional outreach. And so the dream is that that team uh, will get some more hands and feet, right? I think right now there's about five or six of them and they're doing incredible work. Um, but we know there are many of you who do this work, right? And what we found out in our economic justice forum last month is that everybody has opinions about economic justice because we all have to live in this economy. Right? So whether you realize you have an opinion or not, you have an opinion about what it means to live in an affordable city, what it means to live uh, in a fair in economy, in a, an economy where what you put in, what you get out, and, and all of that, yeah. making sure you're taken care of. And so uh, we really have a dream of making our show-up team a flagship show-up team that is doing quarterly events, not only with Double Love members, but we dream to be in partnerships with New York City organizations, with New York City organizers, with New York City uh, individuals who've been doing this work a long time, where we can come alongside them um, and not, we don't have to have the bullhorn. The church doesn't have to always have the bullhorn and be the ones who came up with the idea in the streets, right? We could just show up to stuff that our teams vet and put our hands and feet to the plow, right? And so that's the vision, right? The dream is that that part of loving our neighborhood, right, loving our neighbors we love ourselves means we want to get um, the ability to be one of the churches that the community feels is true to what we say we're going to be on paper. Yeah. Right? And the only way that happens is when we connect with what's already going on and find the places and spaces where we can use our voice and where we can use our bodies and where we can use our time um, to make sure that we are responding. The sixth dream, and we are ending with this dream, is... We recognize that we tend to, currently we seem to attract uh, creatives, um, activists, scholars, um, young folks. We tend to kind of attract those folks and we, and we love that demographic. But what we recognize is we've not yet attracted many individuals um, in the age range of what, 13 to, you know, 13 to 18 or so, they're not here yet. The traditional mm -hmm. category of youth are not here yet. And so we could just wait until some families come who have young people or until some young folks find us. Uh, but we don't want to do that. Uh, we want to make sure that we are uh, pouring into the youth of Brooklyn however we can. And so our sixth dream, and we, we end with this dream, is that even if we don't have any youth that are members yet as Double Love, we want to make sure that we make a commitment to make an impact on some black lives in Brooklyn between the ages of 13 to 18. And so we need some of y'all who do work with young people to turn us on to the ways in which we can be of support. Maybe it looks like mentorship. Maybe it looks like spending a day on the job with us when the world opens back up. Maybe it looks like us just sending financial resources to food pantries, or um, I know in the summer there are different um, opportunities for young people, summer jobs, et cetera, et cetera. We don't know what that looks like yet, 
But we know we don't want to wait for young people to walk through our doors for us to be able to impact the youth, right? And so that is a dream. Yeah. And, so, and so if you're listening here and you're like, oh, I got that, I already do that, then we need to hear from you. And we need to begin to dream with you about how we can make an impact on these young people so that the ways in which uh, God is shaping and forming this church can start at a young age for somebody. Yeah. Right? So somebody won't have to unlearn stuff. They can, they can learn it this way the first time. Right. And they can be an impact to other folks at a young age. Right. And I'm not I'm not knocking our children. I, I want to make sure the children are also cared for. But right now you got to think about capacity. I think our capacity is best set up for us to be able to support young people. Um, we're not yet at the children's stage unless all the children come and then we're going to figure out what to do with it. Right. We, are, we already got a couple of young pe young people. But 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 truly a dream. Dream number six is that in these next 18 months, we might be able to journey with some black lives in Brooklyn who are under the age of 18, between the ages of 13 to 18, um, so that we might be able to be a blessing to the youth of our community because, you know, back in the day, you didn't have to physically birth a child to have children, right? So double love doesn't have to physically have youth uh, that are the blood children of our members for them yeah. to be our members. We can have youth in the community who never stepped foot into this place, but who are youth that we love as our own, that we impact in the best way that we know how. And that is a dream that we want to live into. And so we pray that these dreams, these six dreams have animated your curiosity. Amen, somebody. Yeah. We pray that these dreams have stirred you on to wanting to, to do more and to show up in the ways that you can. But above all else, we thank God for God's covering for God's leading and guiding us from an idea to a church. And at this halfway point of the three-year mark, the first three years are critical in any organization, church or no church. The first three years are critical. The first five are also critical, but those first three, they mean something. So we want to be intentional, and we need you to come alongside us. And so the last thing we'll give you by way of announcement is, in the spirit of our dreams, uh, we are excited to announce that this summer we are going to have three outdoor worship experiences. Amen, somebody. We are excited. And listen, this is the first time that we can see y'all off a Zoom screen um, in a safe way outside since March 2020. And so God is faithful. So I want you to take these dates down real quick. The first one is on Father's Day, Juneteenth weekend. We're going to give all the fathers a free hot dog or vegan burger on the grill. Uh, and so these will be um, 5 o'clock p.m. DLE worship services outdoors um, on Sunday, June 20th. Uh, this is breaking news, y'all. This is breaking news. But on Sunday, June 20th, uh, which is Father's Day, it's also Juneteenth weekend, we will have our first outdoor worship experience where y'all can come physically and we can worship together. Our second will be on July 11th. Our third will be on August 8th. And so you're about to see a ton of promo for this, but we are so elated about what God is doing. We can't wait to see you all. Um, and we're so excited that we're going to be doing this right in the heart of Bed-Stuy. Uh, we're going to be right off of Tompkins and, uh, and Hancock. 
um, in one of the community gardens there that expands wide enough for us to be able to have um, our church together. So we are elated. We can't wait to see you all. Um, and so please spread the word about that. And then lastly, next week and the week after are our DLE Fellows Sundays. Our fellows have been extraordinary. They've been extraordinary. They've been wonderful. And so they're coming uh, to New York. We're flying them to New York so that they can preach their final sermon. So next Sunday, uh, you will be blessed by a sermon by um, Brittany Pascal, um, our ministerial fellow from all the way from Nashville, Tennessee. She will be in New York uh, to bring the word. And then we will have um, on the 20th, we'll be outside together as a church family. And then on the 27th, we will have Trellin and Joyner all the way from Atlanta, Georgia, uh, bringing her uh, fellow sermon. And that will conclude their fellowship time with us. And we are so elated to share that in this 18 months, God has allowed us to train four men and women for ministry through our ministerial fellowship. So God has been faithful. God has been kind. And we continue to dream. Right, We dream no small dreams. We dream big over here at DLE, and we pray that you are dreaming with us. And so Amen. with that, we just want to close out with a word of prayer, and we want you to keep dreaming with us, and we will see you physically on June 20th. We want to uh, just recap the dreams just to make sure you have it, that yes. you can write it down in your journals uh, so you can commit it to prayer. Uh, we want you to feel commissioned to repeat it to somebody else. Uh, the, the first dream is to be on the lookout for the curious. Uh, the second is to make sure that we can move towards 100% participation in Tuesday night Bible study. Uh, the third dream is to move towards being 100% tithing church. Uh, the fourth dream uh, is to make sure we can get to 100 uh, members and members in love. Uh, the fifth dream uh, we bless the Lord for recap ministry, because if you can't recall it, then you can't enact the dream. Uh -huh. Amen. Good. Uh, the fifth dream is to make sure that we can be a beacon uh, for economic justice, and whichever way you come into the front door, we can have an anti-capitalist arc together and see what the Lord uh, won't do to make this city more affordable, to make uh, living wage, family-sustaining jobs more yeah. accessible, so on and so forth. And then the sixth dream is to make sure that we can be a church uh, that is welcoming to the, to the, to the young folk. Uh, I, I say that like I'm not also a young person, but since I lost some of the hair on my head, I feel like I'm a lightweight elder, bless the Lord. Uh, so the, the 13 to 18-year-olds, the, the, the teenagers, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if your favorite rapper is not Andre 3000 like me, but if your favorite rapper is instead a uh, little baby of the stallion, you know, we want you to feel welcome. <laughs> In the <laughs> experience, church. Bless the Lord. Those I wasn't prepared. Dreams. I wasn't prepared. <laughs> Amen. And in that spirit, uh, we're going to close out with a word of prayer. Um, and as we're praying now, we also want to ask you to uh, prepare an offering. It's offering time and communion time. And um, give a thoughtful gift. Amen. Yeah. Um, whatever God lays on your heart, give a thoughtful gift. So we're going to pray over the, the dreams that we have dreamed and the offering in this moment. God, we thank you for being the source of every good and perfect gift. God, you have brought us from a mighty, mighty long way. We're grateful for each of the 18 months. We're grateful for all those who have uh, become uh, members of Double Up. We're grateful for those who have been uh, friends and supporters and uh, now considering being members in love. God, we're grateful for all of uh, the gifts of um, 
volunteering, the uh, financial gifts, all the many uh, contributions that have been poured into this unfolding dream of being a church that's committed, oh God, to advancing your love and your justice throughout creation. Uh, God, during this time of offering, we ask that you would bless these gifts. Uh, we entrust back to your care and use which you have generously uh, and already entrusted unto us, God. Use these gifts for uh, advancing and furthering your uh, redemption, salvation, and liberation purposes in the earth. Uh, and as you do it, God, we'll be intentional uh, about attributing all the credit to you and giving your name all the glory, the praise, and the honor uh, which is due you. In Christ's holy and saving name we pray. Amen. 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 And even in that spirit, uh, as you're preparing your gift, we do also want to make sure that you have an opportunity to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, uh, that you have an opportunity to join this church. So if you need prayer, if you need, um, if you have questions, any of those things, you can text the letter S for salvation. You can text the letter P for prayer. You can text the letter Q for questions, and you can text the letter J for join, all to the phone number at the bottom of this screen. And we will respond to you and make sure that we can journey together. And now we invite you to go into your kitchens and your cupboards and get what you need for communion as we transition into the time of Holy Communion before we close for today. Amen. Well, y'all, welcome to the welcome to the retreat party. Um, I know it is like almost like talking about Christmas in July. I know that February is a long way away, um, but we are truly trying to um, get some notice out for people so that folks can plan. It's been a long time since we've been able to just kick it and be together. Hey, Jonathan, good to see you. We're just getting started. Um, and so it's been a minute since we've been able to just kick it together in community. And so we did this retreat the first time two years ago, just before the pandemic, not two years ago, about a year and a half ago, February, 2019, just before the pandemic. Um, and it was a pop-up thing. And it was like, the rooms are here and it's gone. And we sold out really quickly. So this go around, we wanted to give more of a lead time. So I am going to pray us in. Um, and then um, Stephanie's on, who is our Show Some Love Hospitality Lead, and she also has been to this retreat with us twice, once with the church, um, no, I'm sorry, once, once with the church, and then we were supposed to go back, but then COVID hit, um, but she, of course, can give that firsthand perspective. Erin um, went with us last year. You don't have to be on the spot, Erin, but you can attest to the good food at least. Um, so we're just here to chat about uh, what the experience will be, um, to answer any questions, and then I'll give you all some updates on where we are in terms of availability and registration, all that good stuff. But first off, let us pray. God, we thank you so much for your grace, your love, and your mercy. We thank you, Lord, that through it all, you have seen fit to uh, keep us, Lord, and for that, we say thank you. God, we're grateful that tonight we can talk about something that we can look forward to, Lord God, um, something that can bring both rest and rejuvenation, um, that can spark new friendships, new relationships, and uh, enliven those, those endearing relationships that have lasted for so long. God, we ask that you would be with us tonight. Um, allow us to uh, form a bond here that will continue all the way through this retreat and beyond. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all. So, um, I'm going to start with 
um, just the bare bones of uh, what registration looks like. Um, Liana, Stephanie, and Aaron, I've seen your registration forms come in. Um, and then um, Akriya, Jonathan, whoever else listens to this later, if you all are interested, let me just start with the with the logistics of this experience. And then Stephanie, I'm gonna kick it to you then just to talk about uh, the other stuff, the things that we experience um, when we go. Is that cool? I will be ready. All righty, all righty. All right, so, so the mechanics of this retreat. Um, one of the reasons why we're having this interest session now is because um, first of all, we really wanted to make sure that there was interest to go away. We recognize that a pandemic has consumed our globe um, and we weren't sure of people's readiness. And so part of the reason why this is a long lead time is to really get a sense of where people are and what their comfort level is. The second reason why we're talking about a February event in July is because the retreat center that we go to fills up very quickly because they pride themselves on very intimate experiences. Um, and so, uh, I actually got these dates from them, I want to say in the spring of this year, I, I, I started talking contracts in April or May, and they were already like, well, let me make sure we still have something in 2022, which was wild to me. I was like, I'm sorry, I'm almost a year out. What do you mean? <laughs> but they are a very small retreat center. They have at the most maybe about 25 to 30 rooms um, and it's intentionally small so that they can really curate um, a really beautiful experience that was pre-pandemic and then in the pandemic they've been even more stringent on wanting to keep it um, with groups that know each other um, whereas in the past they would have kind of a family style where until they filled up the retreat center you know you may be sitting at the, at the dinner table think bed and breakfast sitting at the dinner table with other folks who had a room um, depending on how many folks you brought. So the logistics of this, the first thing that's great is we will have the retreat center to ourselves. It will be solely double love. Um, the last time we went, it was basically just us, but there was a small group of people who were there coming and going. Um, but uh, due to the pandemic, um, they really are being pretty stringent with numbers. Um, so we have requested 20 rooms. And logistically, what we have done is we've requested 20 single rooms. What that means is, um, we know we can at least take uh, 20 individuals. And if people decide they want to double up, those, those single rooms can always become doubles, um, but it's more of a challenge to make a double become a single. So we've taken 20 single rooms in terms of uh, locked in with the retreat center and said, we want this slate of rooms. Um, there may be three or four um, outstanding, like that are outside of that, that might exist as available um, that we did not contract for yet. So if we get to that point where we're at capacity and we need a couple more rooms, we'll see. I don't know how they're going to play that. They may want to keep those rooms open for the purposes of social distancing. They may say, hey, your group can have it, right? Um, so as it stands right now, um, we have seven folks who have registered for individual rooms already since we announced this uh, two weeks ago. So we're already at almost half. 
um, in terms of availability and capacity, which is really exciting. Um, it shows that there's interest. It shows that there's um, excitement. Um, and it's a mixture of people who went before and a few new people who did not go before. Um, one name I don't even know. Um, I've never seen her like in the comments or anything like that is at DLE, but I think she's been, you know, worshiping with us virtually quietly. Um, and she registered on Sunday, um, a young woman named Elizabeth. So I'm excited about that. Um, there's a lot of, um, I think curiosity about the retreat. Um, and one of the things that was beautiful when we went in February and uh, Stephanie and Aaron can attest to this because Aaron didn't know anyone, he was coming from Philly and Stephanie knew some people, but I had to kind of like be like, Stephanie, you should come. And she was like, you sure? And I was like, you should. <laughs> and by the end of that weekend, uh, we were like tribe crew. We had all the inside jokes, not to be exclusionary. It just happened that way. We had a group chat. I mean, folks were like grocery shopping and texting folks like, is this what we ate? So. So it's a beautiful experience because hi Shanae just saw you pop on it's a beautiful experience because it allows us to um, really build community with those that we either kind of see every now and again or haven't seen at all and we really pride, us, pride ourselves on trying to create experiences where you don't have to already know people um, to feel welcome look Aaron already starting out talking about where Malik at so real quick story so y'all can tell I'm not making up these little inside jokes so funny enough we had a little game night and I kid you not, um, what it was, what it was, um, it was, um, what's that game? There, there are no, we are all strangers. We're not all strangers. Yeah, we're not really strangers or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that game. So one of the questions somehow had us like, do y'all remember this story better than me? Somehow we had to describe a Malik and we were all like, wait, I think I know that Malik. <laughs> you know what? It was, I know I remember it was like John. Oh, I forget how that goes, but like, Two of us thought that John was actually named Malik, and right, we right. both remembered like a Malik that looked like him. And then I think he said something like, "I know someone named Malik" or something. So then, like, we all were just like, Malik. and so there was like, <laughs> a moment when all of us knew bald head, bearded black men named Malik. <laughs> who were all from like Brooklyn or something random like that. And we high key like pulled out social media, like, is it him? No, that's not him. Is it him? No, that's not. And so we literally named our group chat before we went home after the end of the weekend, Friends of Malik, which was hilarious because we have two men who sing with us at Double Love who are also named Malik, neither of which we were talking about. We were like, if they ever see this group chat, they gonna be like, what is happening? So anyway, just like, you know, we just really built bonds and built community. And so um, that's one thing I will say about this retreat. Like, it's it's not like a, you'll feel like an outsider if you haven't been kicking it with us before. Um, you really will have an opportunity to deepen your bonds. So the logistics, um, let me actually pull the screen back up. That's actually why I had the screen on. So the logistics are this, um, because there are only 20 rooms and because we've already got so much interest, your room is not, your, your registration is not confirmed until you give the $75 deposit. Hey, that's that's critical. So um, a couple of you, you registered, but I haven't seen your deposit yet. So technically, you're not yet registered. Um, now we're not going to be cold blooded. If if there's space, I'm not going to bump you for somebody else. But but that seventy five dollars does really lock your room in, and that's just to be fair because we have, um, you know. Relative to demand, I think we have enough to meet demand, um, but it could be possible that there could be more interest than demand. So we really wanna make sure we're not holding rooms, um, you know, for folks who may change their minds. So on this flyer, um, you will see 
the the different dates. So here's the here's the great part. After you pay that 75 to lock in your room, um, which we would love for you to do by August, but if you don't do it by August, it's just until we run out of rooms. Um, but we would love for you to do it by August 1st. That will help us out. But if you can't, um, at least register. At least that lets us know you're thinking about it. Um, but you're not 100% in the count until you until you give that deposit. Um, but after that, we don't need any money from you until January 1st. Um, you can chill, you can budget, you can plan. After that, um, it's $100 uh, January 1st. That deadline will be real. So that January 1st deadline is going to be a real deadline um, for your second payment. Um, and then the last payment is basically whatever you have remaining. Um, you, can, you will pay on the first, which is the week of the trip. Um, I wanna, in full transparency, the first flyer had a date error. It said Friday through Sunday, but it had the second through the fourth. So if you've blocked it on your personal calendar, please make sure you block the weekend and not midweek. Stephanie, shout out to Stephanie who caught that for us. Um, so this is the most updated flyer, but the first flyer that went out had that typo. Um, so, so logistically, I just want to give you again, just logistics mechanics of like what you're paying for, what you're getting, and then we'll get into the fun stuff about what we'll be doing and, and, and why it's worth your time. Um, but logistically, um, that, that deposit will be non-refundable. Now, non-refundable, but it is transferable. What I mean by that is, um, double love will not refund you because the space is not going to refund us. Y'all know we still we 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 a church that's 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 growing, but we just ain't got it like that. We just we can't sponsor um, people who change their minds about the trip. Um, however, it is transferable. So if you know somebody else who wants to go in your place, who will pay you directly, that's cool. Give us the name. Say, Pastor Gabby, I paid up for my trip. I can't go. My coworkers going in my place. That's fine. The space does not trip on names. Um, they just need to know if it's a single or a double. Um, which brings me to my next point of logistics. And of course, I'll leave space for questions here before we move into Stephanie. But the next piece of logistics is this. The reason why double occupancy um, and single, single occupancy have different rates is because, um, uh, is because they, um, they provide meals for all attendees. And so your room rate also includes your meals which is beautiful because the meals are fresh. It's, it's several meals a day. And so um, we'll have a total of five meals. Um, so we'll do lunch and dinner on Saturday. I'm sorry, lunch and dinner on Friday, breakfast, lunch and dinner on Saturday. Um, and then Sunday, I think closing or closing lunch. I may have that a little off. Don't hold me to that yet. It might be dinner Friday three meals on Saturday, two meals on Sunday. I think that actually might be what it is. Um, yeah, I think the idea is that we all gather um, uh, just before dinner, dinner is at six. That way people don't have to necessarily take off work. If you wanna come earlier, you can. Um, so I think that's what it is. It's dinner Friday, three meals on Saturday, breakfast, and then a parting lunch on Sunday before we depart. Um, which brings me to, another, to the next thing. Um, if you are uh, two folks, one bed, you're still paying the double occupancy rate. Does that make sense? So if you're a couple, um, if you're two friends that decided to share one bed because you thought it was cheaper, you're still paying the double occupancy rate because they've got to they've got to allot the cost for the number of people that are eating. Um, and if it's just you and your bed, it's just you and your bed. So for, so just to just to make sure it's I'm clear. Um, 
if they're two, if there's a, let's say it's a couple, right? Pastor Andrew and myself. Pastor Andrew and myself will pay 190 per person. We will pay the double occupancy rate because there are two of us, even though we're going to have one bed because we're a couple. Um, does that make sense? It gets a little fuzzy um, just because we're not simply doubling the number. So, so single occupancy is literally one person in a room. If, there are, if there's two people in a room, you're not paying single occupancy because then you're going to be paying more than you need to. You don't need to pay 260 a person. You do the double occupancy rate. Okay, awesome. Um, and with that, I will say um, we are not going, you know, y'all aren't, we grown. So um, we're not going to be checking for who you're staying with, right? Um, and the last retreat, folks can attest to that. Um, y'all tell us you share in a room, you share in a room. So um, you can do that however you want to do it. Um, and double occupancy can either be two beds. If you got a friend or somebody's coming with you and you want two beds, um, or it can be one bed. Um, also, if you know, for folks who have um, little ones, like if you have like like you know, say baby say like if you want just a bigger bed, but it's the two of you, that's fine. All of that um, you'll be able to notate in your registration. But I just wanted to talk that through. Um, that all that's on the flyer, but I recognize that um, it's not always as clear uh, when you're just looking at a flyer versus having a conversation, which is why we're having this conversation. Um, the last thing I will say logistically. And then, I, and then I will kick it over to Stephanie. Logistically, um, we pray that we are still in the state that we are in now in regards to um, it being safe to travel with us being vaccinated and, and safe and mindful. Um, if we get back into a lockdown situation, I would tell you this retreat center is very attentive. They shut down a few times last year um, before other, other folks did, the, before their competitors did. They're very, very cautious. Um, and this retreat center is owned by a church, Trinity Wall Street um, in New York. And so um, they really see it as ministry, which is why the rates are more affordable than they would be for the kind of location that we're going to. So, um, so in the event, that the retreat center calls us and says, we're so sorry, we have had to cancel this retreat. Um, what, the, what the retreat center will say to us is, we've had to cancel it, but we will give you this date, right? Um, we're gonna try our best. And I say try our best because I know people have different individual circumstances, but we're gonna really try to keep the policy that it's still non-refundable, the date will just change and we'll do our best to have a date that doesn't conflict with people who've already registered. Um, so, so again, um, it gets really murky and messy um, when we're dealing with what's refundable and what's not. So please just, as you're remitting payment, just, just remember it's non-refundable, but it is transferable. Um, and that, that transferable thing can be your, can be your, um, your, your, your saving grace. Um, but if, the, if it cancels out of our control, um, the only way we will refund everybody's money is if the retreat says to us here is your here's everything you paid back and let's just start over when we get a new date right and I just don't know that they would do that um it depends on their policy and how deep how far we are down the line I see all this now because now it's probably like Pastor Gabby this is a lot of information but it's just helpful to know um I've planned enough events um, where I know that when you're not clear about what happens in the midst of a crisis or unforeseen issue, um, it gets a little murky and it gets a little messy. And we don't want that. We want to show some love at all times. So part of showing love is speaking the truth in love. So that is our truth. That is where we are. We want to have a really incredible time. Um, uh, and then transportation. 
And so as you've been registering, you've been indicating if you need transportation. I can tell you out of the seven people that have registered, only one person said they drive. Everyone else has said, yes, I need transportation or maybe. So that says to me, we probably are going to need to get a vehicle. Um, and, and we indicated on the registration that that would be a separate cost, but it, it feels like the trending of how people are registering, they need help getting there which is completely fine. Um, and so that will be something that we will get to as we see more registrants coming in. So we know how large of a vehicle we need. So we can see where everybody's coming from, um, see if there are more carpoolers that become available or if we need to just literally rent a van and, and you know, uh, itemize those costs. So, so transportation decisions will not happen until later in the fall. I'm gonna say probably close to November or so. Um, but just know we will not leave you out there. Um, we will make sure that everybody who intends to get there can get there. But if we have to rent a vehicle, there will be an extra cost. Any logistical questions before we move to just the, the experience, but any logistical questions from anything that I just shared? Okay. Well, y'all know how it is. Whenever you have a question, just unmute or just put it in the chat. All right, so we got Stephanie who was there with us before. We have Aaron who was there with us before. We have Luke who just joined us. Hey, Luke, who was also there with us before. So I wanna first start with Stephanie because not only was Stephanie there with us before, but she has taken um, the lead in our hospitality team um, since then. And so uh, she is also just thinking with me about how to make this um, an experience that is just the best that it can be. So I want to invite Stephanie just to share a little bit about um, anything you'd like some folks to know. There's some people here who are probably on the fence. Um, there's some people who are probably curious. So go ahead and share, Stephanie. Well, uh, what I would say is go. I think that collectively we can make it the experience that we want to see. Um, what I enjoyed about last time was that we had quite a few options. I know I needed a lot of rest, and so I got, I had the option to just rest. Um, there were opportunities for us to convene as a group and have fun and talk. Um, there was opportunity for praise and worship over s'mores, which was super amazing. Um, yeah, I can't emphasize that enough. That was super amazing. Um, in addition, um, you know, Pastor Gabby already mentioned the food. I will tell you, if you plan to go, bring your Tupperware. Bring your Tupperware because I did not bring my Tupperware. I went to go grab some Tupperware. There was no Tupperware. And let me just say, I was the pregnant lady and I didn't get any extra food. So, not naming names, but I will be smart this time and bring my Tupperware. But um, I would just say, you know, it was everything you could want. And one of the things I know that I will be committing to this trip, because um, I'm already thinking is like, what events can we do? Um, I had so many ideas, you know, uh, we had arts and craft time. So they also, we have a main sort of cabin house that we stay in, but right across the way is another cabin where folks did arts and crafts. And it was a wonderful time for folks to really just meditate through color. And we would most likely, I'm sure, bring something like that back. We were supposed to do vision boards, but I forgot. I collected all these magazines and everything and I forgot them. So this time around, okay, I will not- don't hold against you. Them. Okay, it's all right. <laughs> um, but you know, it's really about being creative, but also using this time to really pour into yourself in a restorative way. One of my favorite things we did was Sunday morning, I think after breakfast or maybe before breakfast, I can't remember, we did sort of like a meditation walk 
um, they had to walk around the the perimeter. So like we went off the house into the forest, around the creek, through the bend. We found like some abandoned swings. We took a couple pictures there. It was, it was really fun. Um, so I had a really good time uh, doing that, and I look forward to doing that again. And there was also a service. So Sunday morning we had service, and shouts out to Pastor Gabby and Pastor Andrew because they did service in the morning there, and then we all booked it back to Brooklyn, and they did service again in the sanctuary. So um, there was that aspect. So I think there was just a lot of peace, honestly, a lot of rest. Um, I felt fed, not just you know physically in terms of food, but also mentally in terms of the conversation, the people, everybody was amazing. Everyone was fun. Everyone was open to connecting. There was no attitude, it, you know, I mean, it's double love. You, you know, you all go to church, you know. So um, those are all the wonderful things that I would say. I can't, I, and I, I guess I wanna just clarify s'more situation. When we were around the fire, yes, we did have s'mores. But we also had opportunity to lift our voices in prayer. And there's something about fire and prayer. It can be very cleansing in a very spiritual way. And I think we all had that. We all felt that. And it got very emotional in a good way. It got very emotional in a very good way. We all contributed our voices. I felt like we had time to share personal and sort of intimate um, details about our the, our relationship with God and our feelings and and it was awesome it was really awesome and then we ended in song which was great um none of us knew the same song so if you think you have to know something you don't have to know anything you just kind of come with an open heart and contribute it um at the fire you bring your prayers and you bring yourself to the fire and you cleanse so that was great over some s'mores yeah remind that so we learned some folks had some voices. We didn't know they could sing. Yes. Some folks knew some lyrics for like the second and third stanzas of stuff that we were like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, beautiful time, beautiful time. I want to take a minute to show a video of the space for those of you who haven't seen it. Um, so the space location is not on the flyer um, because we don't want to confuse people in terms of who's hosting it. Um, this is a fully curated and hosted retreat by Double Love. Um, the space is our site, um, but they are not convening us. Um, they do convene people separately for other things. And so for the purposes of not having confusion, um, we have the city, but we don't have the space. But I want to show you all the space so you can get a sense of, of where we were. Of course, this is in the winter, not the fall. Um, but those who went last year can attest it's, it's beautiful in the winter um, as well. So I'm gonna share this and then I'll open it up for any other questions or if Aaron or Luke wanna share anything, I will uh, open it up at that time. Let me go ahead and share this video with you. All right. place to reconnect with God's creation, a place of prayer and spiritual growth, a place of reflection, healing, and abundant joy.
Trinity Retreat Center, the kitchen is our second chapel, and the table is our second altar. We gather around the table as a community three times a day, and our lovingly prepared meals are served family style. Much of the food we serve is grown on our own farm, where guests have the opportunity to get their hands in the dirt and spend time in contemplation. The Retreat Center is a mission of Trinity Church Wall Street, an Episcopal parish located in New York City. We offer themed retreats, rest and renewal retreats, and holiday retreats for individuals and families. We also host group retreats for faith groups, educational groups, and nonprofits. All faiths and ages are welcome here. Our mission prices are affordable and include private rooms with private bathrooms, meals, and activities. We're investing in you. We want to send you back to your neighborhood and organization refreshed and ready to live your values as leaders and change makers. Right, so that is the space. Um, I now open it up for any feedback, questions. The floor is open. Or you can just say I'm excited. Anything you want to get, anything you want to give us, we'll take. <laughs> it looks beautiful. Very nice and calming. Yes. yes. I, just, I just want to offer to the members of the show some love team. I hope your ideas are sort of percolating because I'm sure there may be some activities uh, or one or two that you may want to bring to the experience. And so we welcome. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as a matter of fact, anyone on this call, I mean, when we went last time, we had such a short turnaround time, but this time we've got time. So if there's some experience that you want to bring, um, especially, you know, Luke and Aaron, you all have been there. Stephanie, you've been there. For those that haven't, but you just, you know, you've been in shared space and there's things that you enjoy. Um, definitely, definitely bring your, give your ideas to Stephanie because um, Stephanie is going to be helping us uh, shape out uh, the retreat. What we did on our retreat last year is that we did have an agenda that everyone had, but I can, they can tell you I'm not lying. We literally built in hours of free time and also program time because I know how it is. Sometimes you want to be left alone and sometimes you're like, y'all left me alone and I know y'all. That's how y'all that's how y'all be. Y'all be so so we try to give you both. We try to give you both. Um, and so as you can see, the grounds are really beautiful. So you can have me time, which many of us had. I know I did. Um, and you can also have group time, community time. Okay. Well, I'm going to drop in the link where the registration form is. I urge you, if you or people you know and love want to be on this trip, please encourage them to register. Like I said, seven of the 20 rooms are already accounted for. 
Um, and I, I do believe that there are people who went last year who are going to start snagging rooms as well. You know how it is when you're familiar with something, you kind of wait a little bit longer because you think it's going to be there. Um, so, you know, I, I, I want everyone who wants to go to have the opportunity. Um, so if you know you want to go, um, go ahead and register. Uh, this is not because we need the money. The money's going straight to the retreat center. It's literally just because if you have the desire and you have the prompting, I don't want you to miss out because we run out of space. Um, so that's the link for, um, I don't know why it didn't hyperlink in here, but um, doubleofexperience.org slash events is the link. You will see the flyer that we just had. You click that to register. And then it's a two-part registration. Um, so just remember that uh, you fill out the registration form and then you send in your $75 by one of our three digital payment opportunities, PayPal, Cash App, or Zelle. Um, and then once you have done that, you have locked in your room. And I'll say it again, because some people came on late. If you register, but you haven't paid yet, you're like half confirmed, but you could lose your room. Your room's in jeopardy if, if enough people register. So um, it is it is the, the duality and, say, and, the other, and vice versa. Don't just send us $75 if you haven't registered um, because we need, to, we need to have both sets of information. Um, so yeah, yeah. Any other questions? We won't hold you if y'all if y'all feel satisfied, but we want to make sure you have what you need. Um, Luke, you want to share anything? Having been on the experience, and when we were on the uh, experience last year, Luke was our fellow, uh, and so not only was he a participant, but he also led um, he led a, a, a devotional for us Sunday morning, and also led some prayer for us. Um, so yeah, anything you want to speak from, even from the spiritual perspective of how we set the climate and what people will receive. Yeah, um, you know, good evening, everyone. And, um, you know, as Pastor Gabby said, you know, um, it was very intentional how programming was set and how break time was set. Um, you know, one of the things that was really powerful about the retreat was that we were intentional that it's a retreat, you know, that we're stepping away from our mundane activities, our, you know, hustle and bustle and kind of centering in. And one of the interesting things um, that I think everybody walked away with in a retreat was that each one of us needed it, but didn't either didn't realize it overtly or realize eh, I need some type of centering or some type of peace. And it came really at, at the most uh, crucial and critical time because right after COVID hit. And so uh, many of us were able um, to, to kind of shoulder that because we were able to leave a lot um, at the retreat center. Um, as you saw from the video, I don't think the video does it justice because, um, you know, the minute you, uh, you, you drive through to even get to the property, uh, you kind of feel that calmness, serenity, you smell the the clear air, uh, the fog, the smog, all of that is, is gone. Um, and literally all you hear is water around you. Um, you just hear the streams, you hear there's a waterfall not too far from there. Um, you hear just water, you just hear nature, you hear the birds. Um, there's a donkey farm um, that's there with a lot of rich history and, and spiritual history um, in it, which is interesting to learn. Um, but there's just a lot of acreage where um, they encourage you, we encourage you to just walk with, with yourself, with others, meditate, um, 
you know, they, they, there won't ever be a dull time, so to speak. Um, you know, there's always, you know, each other um, that we even get to know more about each other, but then we also get to, to learn more about ourselves. Um, so I encourage you to definitely um, to, to participate. Uh, the accommodations are great, by the way. Um, it reminds you of a New England bed and breakfast um, that, you know, where, where the, the, um, the rooms are very um, uh, whittled with wood kind of thing, you know, um, you know, very quaint, very um, nice and, and uh, you know, upgraded. Um, and the good thing also too, which funny enough, this is our second time going. Um, there well, are- third time, because we took the team the first oh, year. Oh, third time. Yeah, yeah, the third time going, right. Um, we, when we go, typically there's not another group that's there. And so literally it's all of these acreage <laughs> with just us. And so, um, so that's, that's another um, piece um, about, you know, serenity about retreat you know we're not crowded on over each other we're not um you know we're not having to to um you know acquiesce to another group we're literally our own group and and we get to bond with each other so um you know i encourage you to sign up i encourage you to encourage others to sign I'm up i'm just signed up during this session so now we have eight rooms Akria. <laughs> she literally registered while we were in this session. That's what I'm talking about. Action, right. action. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, you all, I'm not going to hold you on this Wednesday night, but hopefully you can see those of us who have gone are excited to host you again. Um, and um, those who haven't gone, I've already sensed their excitement and, and anticipation. So it's going to be an incredible time. Um, be sure to spread the word to others. Um, and I'm telling you, the group that God melded last time, it was like we all needed to be there. And I know that God's going to do the same thing this year. So I'm not even I'm not even pressed about who comes because I know the people who are supposed to be there will be there. Um, but I, I am so excited. Um, so if there are no more questions, we will close out in prayer. But I just want to leave a little bit of space. Anything else? Any question? Anything we didn't hit? Maybe you came in late and you're not sure about. Uh, please let us know if you have any further questions. Oh, something that I do want to say is um, it's well... Uh, heated. So, you know, I get that it could look like it's very cold on the outside and we are going in February, but there is um, central heating. It was very comfortable. Um, so I just want to make sure that's also clear. And I, I'm sure as we get closer, we'll, you know, if you have any questions about what to pack, what not to pack, we can definitely go over that. Yes, we'll definitely do. This is kind of a clarifying meeting to figure out, you know, just initial questions. We'll definitely do a few more of these touch points. Um, as we get closer to the experience so that people, as you said, Stephanie, know what to pack. If folks want to volunteer, if they've got questions, we'll, we'll do a couple more of these, of course. This is just the first go at it. Um, all right. I'm sorry, I have a, I have a question. I'm sorry. Yes. I yes. came in late, but I'm on the site right now. And you said it's from the second, Friday the second? So um, I mentioned that earlier. There was an error on the first flyer. So it's Friday okay. the 4th. Through okay, okay, okay. it's absolutely it's definitely the weekend um but okay. our first flyer had a had a um typo on it okay thank you yep no problem no problem 
All right, y'all. Well, I'm excited. I can tell you all are too. Um, and we're going to have a, a wonderful time in the Lord. Um, Luke, would you mind praying this out? Close this out with the word of prayer. Sure. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we thank you. For, uh, first and foremost, we come before you to thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this retreat. We're excited on what you have for us and what you are going to reveal to us in this retreat. God asks that for those who are unsure, uh, that you settle their hearts, settle their mind. Uh, we invite them on this retreat so that they get to uh, know you even more and get closer to you. God, for those who are ending up their week uh, tomorrow, we ask that you give them peace. We ask that you give them success. And uh, we ask that you give everyone rest this evening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. Go in peace, you all. We'll talk to you soon.